right, gentlemen, welcome to Saturday Morning Image Bible Study. All right. The fall is here. Christmas in the air. Hey, uh, UofL plays IU today, correct? Hey, there you go. There you go. All right, all right. So, you know, what, you know what I love about this game? One of y'all is going to lose. All right, so, I mean, uh, that, you know, as a UK fan, one of you is going to lose today. So, it's, just, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, anyway let's move on. All right. Um, all right. A um, couple things. Uh, one, uh, how many of you in this room are married? How many of you are married? All right, beautiful. So, potential audience. Uh, my wife and I and my friend Bob Head and his wife Joy, well, she's a friend as well. We do a, we're going to do a marriage retreat in November, November 10th through the 12th of a country like Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, so anyway, there's these red cards. They're at the their tables at the end. I got a few of them there. If you're interested, grab one. A little information, just, to, just an opportunity to get away uh, with your wife and, um, and an opportunity to grow in your marriage. So uh, that'll be out there. Just want you to know about that. Uh, other than that, big announcement for us in this group is next week we will meet upstairs. We'll meet upstairs. That means that down here is probably going to be like a thousand fifth and sixth graders asleep or whatever. So when you come in, uh, you, you, you can still come in. Usually you can still come in these side entrances, but you need to head upstairs. We'll just be upstairs in the upper fellowship hall. You know, same deal. There'll still be a million tables in the room. Find your table, whatever. And go from there. So that's, that's as simple as that. Uh, uh, again, just, uh, just, for, uh, just let you know, on through, the, on through the fall, I think we have one more week where we won't meet here. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, we will meet. And then there's the weekend uh, medical missions conference. We, we, for years, we've bounced around on that. So when the medical missions conference happens, they take up every room in the church. We've met in the sanctuary a few times. Remember last year, we met in the chapel in the woods. And some of y'all are still trying to get out of the parking lot from that, okay? So, so we're not doing that, uh, even though they've improved. They've included. So we will not meet that weekend. Uh, Dave, do you remember what, what weekend that is? November the 9th. Oh, yeah, actually, actually, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same weekend as the marriage conference. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 that's right. We planned it that way. So listen, we should have, you know, like 100 couples there, all right? Uh, you're going to have to be roomed together, it turns out, if you do that. But anyway, but uh, uh, yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that weekend. It's, it's that weekend. Uh, yeah, November the, the, the 10th, we won't be meeting. All right, so uh, that's that. Uh, uh, I think that's the main thing. Is anybody here for the very first time? Got anybody here for, anybody here for, right here, we got several gentlemen here for the very first time. All right. Did somebody invite you and you stumbled in here? Got invited, Okay. Larry Garwood invited you? Well, don't laugh at that. Okay, but that's okay, okay, that's good enough. And gentlemen over here, somebody invites you or you just come, come in on your own here? That, you just came on your own? How do you even find out about us? Oh, okay, okay, okay. You told about it and so you came. And then back here, it had two voices. Somebody in church told you about it and you showed up. Uh, hey, you three, uh, donuts and coffee are, are on us. The rest of you, I don't know if you picked up on this, but it's not on us, all right? You're supposed to be paying for that as you go. So, this, was there another first time visitor I missed? Uh, back over here, okay. 
want to acknowledge you in that way. So do, do drop in a few dollars in the basket. The money that's left over, we give to a local ministry. We'll do that right before Christmas. That's always a huge encouragement to them. You know, over the years, your all's donut and coffee money has been like $100,000 to local ministries. So, so uh, feel, uh, make sure you do that. Uh, I think that's everything. Hey, uh, it's really easy to see the opening prayer to be sort of like the national anthem before a baseball game or whatever. That you, you just do that to get into the game. And a lot of times in ministry, we just put in a prayer almost as a bookend or something like that. Uh, but one of y'all just reminded hand me a prayer request this morning. And we don't do this all the time, but uh, uh, somebody in our group here has a coworker uh, whose husband uh, got, in, got in trouble with the law and may face up to 10 years in prison, which him and his wife are panicked. But in the midst of this, they, they have found Christ in, in, the, in the midst of their, of their turmoil. And isn't that the way almost all of us uh, grow closer to God is in the midst of our turmoil? Um, and so I, I, just, I just found it ironic as he, he was just praying for this couple. The gentleman's name is John. That, as you know, that's enough for you to know. Um, but John and his wife in the midst of this, and they're, they're thinking that, you know, what's going to happen? I, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. I mean, this is the, the very things that they need. It's the very things that we're studying. And it just reminds me how real to life what, what we talk about every Saturday is in here. So as I pray, just, uh, just, just remember John. But my sense is John's not the only person in Louisville today who might need a little bit of strength and encouragement. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to pause for about 15 or tw- about 15 seconds. I want you just in your own mind, silently lift up to God, anybody else in your life. And maybe it's you yourself who could really, really, really use God's strength and encouragement in this moment. And then I'll pray for us. So let's just open in time a silent prayer. You lift up the, the men and women in your life who, who, uh, who desperately need God's strength and encouragement. And then I'll open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to, in our mind, lift up requests to you and know that the God of the universe hears them. And Lord, that's, that's amazing. It's, a, it's incredible. And Lord, I, I thank you for that privilege. And, uh, and I also acknowledge that uh, in this room, there are thousands of, of requests, of needs, of, of uh, uh just lifting people up to you who, who, uh, who we know are desperate for, uh, for, for things that only you can give. So, Lord, I, I pray for encouragement and strength and wisdom and discernment for John and his wife as they, as they deal with the consequences of, pa- of bad choices. And, Lord, uh, every man in this room can relate to that. And, and Lord, I, I pray for, for the men in this room that, that, that we would turn towards you and not towards ourselves and others or and that we would find strength in you and lord i I thank you for for your word i thank you for the incredible example that we have in jesus christ but most of all i thank you that that you dwell within us and you desire to bring us to a place of drawing closer and closer to you all these things are praying in jesus name amen I'm a little fearful to throw this question out, but I'll do it. Uh, how many of y'all had a, had a hero or an idol when you were growing up? Somebody that you really, really looked up to? Just, I mean, a lot of us had that. I, so, I mean, uh, just, just give me some examples of people that were, that were a hero or an idol to you. Anybody? Yes, sir. 
All right, so Corky throws out there that his dad played for the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, the Chicago Bears. It's kind of showing off a little bit, but I, I mean, I, that's a, that's, I, I got that, I got that. And so, so hey, as a kid, if your dad, I mean, again, it was different back in the 1800s, but when you were growing up, I mean, I mean, I mean, if your dad was a professional athlete, that would have been something. I mean, that's you know, so so so, so, so that's his own dad. So Elmer. Elmer's hero was Elmer Fudd, okay? You know, you you go with what you can work with, okay? All right, that's... Man, I would have not guessed that one. Yes, sir. So, so Joe, had a high school teacher, and again, whether you admit it or not, some of us had, you know, that person who just seemed like they had it all figured out and you you wanted to be like them and stuff, right? right, Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Superman, why not go to the top, huh? okay, okay, stuff like that, right, so, so again, and, and if you had this, and a lot of us had, you know, somebody that, if they weren't our hero, we kind of mimicked them or whatever, I mean, uh, again, this goes back a little bit before me, but some of y'all dressed like James Dean, you know, uh, you know, put the cigarettes up in the sleeve or whatever and stuff, I mean, I mean, how many young guys, again, this is in my era, uh, when you were playing wiffle ball or whatever, started doing the, you know, who was that? Joe Morgan, thank you very much. I mean, that, I mean, how many, how many kids in Kentucky before they shot the free throw would would dry their hands on their socks? I mean, that was Kyle Macy. I mean, we we have these people. And by the way, if you've never heard of those people, they were before your time, okay? But uh, we we have these people, and we'll see stuff, and we'll try to mimic from them or emulate them. I mean, that, that's what you do for your idols. Uh, we tend to try to be like them. So here's a couple passages of scripture we, we, uh, we'll throw up here on, on the screen because it's, it's, it's kind of biblical. I mean, we, 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 ha- we, have in, we have in scripture, the first one's from Ephesians. The apostle Paul says, be imitators of God, therefore. And then he says, as dearly loved children, that's who we are. And, and, and you live a life of love just as Christ loved us. So you say, hey, listen, imitate God. Live just like Christ lived. I mean, that's that's a pretty good that you know that's a pretty good lesson in itself. It's a, so and you think about it. I mean, uh, <laughs> Elmer, nothing against Elmer Fudd, but I think if you're going to choose somebody to you know mimic, Christ might be better and stuff. And even our dads, Corky, your dad was, uh, I, but you know he he did some stuff along the way. You go like, man, that's not what I thought you know would do. And 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 even Superman, I think he has he has female issues. I think at times or something. Like, I mean, you know, I mean everybody. At some point, but Christ, you never get to the point of going like, yeah, I don't really want to be like that and stuff. And, and then the second one, uh, later Paul would say, follow my example as I follow example of Christ. Actually, oh, 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 come back, come back. Uh, follow my example as I follow Christ. Actually, it's the same word. It's, it's imitate me as I imitate Christ, Paul would say. But as we've gone through this series on the fruit of the spirit, let me just say, we, we've said this, I say it every week. Imitating Christ is a very worthwhile way to spend your time. And, and if you were to really say, you know what, I, I'm going to do the best I can to be as much like Christ as I can, that would be a worthwhile thing. But I got to say to you, that's not all that you have going for you. And that the fruit of the Spirit and the gospel as a whole says, it's not just you trying your hardest to be like Christ. God says, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll live within you and... I will bring out of you these attributes of Christ. 
Uh, It's not just us trying harder and harder to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's him saying, oh, no, what what I want you to do is to allow me to to help you develop, mature, grow, and then live out of those things. Superman wasn't going to come along and help you. Your high school teacher was there to kind of to be, but he wasn't there all the time, and he certainly wasn't dwelling within you. Even your dad, Corky, isn't going to come along and say, Corky, I'm there for, for you for your whole life to, to kind of come through you and to strengthen you and, and to provide you things that you can't do on your own. And so I love these passages, but understand the Christian life isn't just trying hard to be like Jesus, even though that's a worthwhile challenge. It is allowing him to work through you to create things that you couldn't do on your own. So that's, we, we come back to back to all that over, all that sort of stuff. So, so today, uh, as, we, as we think through this, we're going to look at the seventh of the fruit of the Spirit. Let, next week will be our final in this series on the fruit of the Spirit. The preaching team's lagging a little bit behind us. It's okay. You know, we're, and then we're going to move on to... Uh, in October and November and December, we'll, we'll be going through uh, some uh, the parables. But but today we're going to look at faithfulness, the idea of faithfulness. Okay, um, so uh, let me just say that when I first saw this one, I was like, "Faithful faith? Do we have faith in God?" This commentators agree. This isn't so much about us having faith in God as much as us being a faithful person, trustworthy people. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I would ask you, are you honest? Are you fair? Are you dependable? Do you have a word that we use a lot, integrity? So, so this is about that. So this fruit of the Spirit is this being this dependable, honest, fair, uh, trustworthy person of integrity. So let me ask you this. Can we agree that this is a trait the world could use more of? I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's cultures in the world, there's nations that are kind of built on a lack of integrity. That's a hard place to live, all right? But, but so can we can agree that, that the, in general, this trait would be a good thing for us? Can we agree that this trait is something we want the people around us to have? So again, one thing I've mentioned this last week, one thing I've, I've figured out for sure is we want people around us to have the fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> We're not so sure about us, but we really want the people around us to have it. And can we agree that none of us have been 100% successful when this comes to the area of integrity, of honesty, of trustworthiness, of dependability, of being fair? None of us in here have been 100% effective in that. Uh, Studies show that humans begin to lie at age two. And by age four... Most children are skilled uh, liars and stuff. So, so it, it's, kinda, it's kinda hardwired within us. So here's what we're gonna do to start today's lesson. I want you to think about a time, a specific time, where you've been, had a lack of integrity, where you've had, uh, where you've been uh, undependable, where you've lied, where you've been dishonest, where you've been unfaithful, where you've been uh, unfair, undependable, dishonest. I just want you to think about a specific time. And, and again, the reality is for, for some of us that you thought of something from this week. Okay. I just want you to, and again, I'm not doing this to shame you at all, but we've got to, we've got to step into it before we can examine it. So I want you to think about a time for yourself where you, where you, not someone else, but where you've been 
unfaithful, unfair, undependable, dishonest. Think about a time. Just have it in your mind. And I want you to think about this. Here's what I want you to think about is, why did you do it? So, so whatever you're being unfair, undependable, dishonest, un, you know, whatever, uh, a lack of integrity, why did you do it? So, and, and there's, 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 and we're just going to look broadly here. I, I don't need specifics, but in general, at this kind of core level, why, why, why did you do this thing? So anybody, anybody think, well, wh- 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 why did you do this? Why, why were you unfair, undependable, dishonest? Why did you do it? All right, so, so one, I mean, it's almost, many times, it's, it's self-serving. Now, self-serving, uh, who, who, who said that? Who, I, I just heard the voice. Okay, yeah. self-serving, I, I mean, again, I don't need specifics, but how so? So, so part of this is I want to do what I want to do, and sometimes that whole honesty, faithfulness gets in the way of that. So, so it's a very, it's, it's all, it's many times a very self-serving thing. Okay. All right, Paul. Okay. All right. So, 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 so one of the times as well is there may be a lot of fear involved and Paul fear of what? Okay. Okay. I, I, so a fear, it's, it's, well, another way to put this is it's going to cost, the truth is going to cost me something. So if I tell the truth in this, or if I show up, or if I do this, it's, it's, it's going to cost me. Now, one, one thing is it, it may get me in trouble. Another thing is it may not let me get what I want. So there's a cost there. And so, so, so there, there's, there's some sense of that. Yes, sir. Charlie. Okay, well, well so, so one, back on the self-serving, it's just, I mean, I, I, got, a, uh, I got a desire that I think I've, I've got to have. And so, so, and I can't just get it on my own fairly or so I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Yes. Uh, okay. So yeah, in my anger, in my anger, I'm going to maybe be dishonest. This table's on, on fire here. Yes, sir. Okay. 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 So, so, so sometimes, uh, uh, what's the word I want here? Uh, it's, it's, it's for protection because I'm embarrassed by something and they go, well, did that happen? And go, oh no, 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 I wouldn't do that. You know, it's that, it's that if you're married, it's that honey, what are you thinking thing? You don't want to answer that. Okay. And so, so you don't because it's self-protection. Yes, Jim. Okay. So, so it's just, it's just to, it's to, uh, Self-serving, but it's it's to gain something as well. I mean, sometimes, and my buddy Tom, are you going to go fishing this morning? Yeah, he's going to go fishing this morning. I say, hey, how, how did you? Oh man, we caught a fish like this. No, he didn't. You know, but but it but it, you know, it would make him look better as a fisherman. You know, and so and again, that's just a small. St- but we many times will, we will. Oh, you know, I, maybe I exaggerated a little bit. No, you lied. You lied. You lied, you know? And so, so that's why, but that, that's the, that's the gain something. Okay. That's, that's a pretty good list. That's a pretty good list. Uh, I mean, does anybody feel really, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Pride. You know, uh, you know, the old, the old thing is in, as you're a kid in Sunday school, 
you know, Jesus is always the right answer. It, it, many times we see, also see that pride is almost always the right answer for, for negative things in our life as well. Because, and again, the, the pride says, says, I don't want to fear something and I don't want to look bad. And so I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to do what I need to do to try to try to again let me keep this sense of being all that. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, so again, we do it to avoid, again, this, I'm afraid of actually being held accountable, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dishonest, unfair, whatever, to do that. All right, so, so, so again, that, that, that's a pretty good, I, actually, I, 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 let me see how you all did according to the internet. Uh, here's a, a little thing I read on why we lie. It's to avoid punishment, to gain an advantage, to, protect, to protect ourselves from others, to fit in socially, and sometimes to protect our privacy. We don't tell people the truth because we want to. That's pretty much what you all put there and stuff. That's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list. So here's what we're going to do. Because I, I think it's, it's one thing to say, hey, you guys need to have more integrity. Okay. But if we have to be honest. Why, why do we not have integrity? Well, it's because of stuff like that. It's because of stuff like that. Because that, that, that's real. That, that's real. And in the moment, in that moment of decision, that stuff feels more real than Joe's Sunday school lesson. And so you're going to have to deal with, deal with the reality. So, so let's think about this. What we're going to do is today we're going to look at a really big passage of Scripture, right? Uh, we're going to go through. And it, one of the cool things about what we're doing is not only are you learning about the fruit of the Spirit, but you're also seeing the last few hours of Christ's life as we read it through the book of Mark. And I, and I find it to be a very... Uh, it's, it's, it's never a bad thing for us to look through what Christ has done. So we're going to book in, be in the book of Mark in chapter 14. We're going to pick it up in verse 53 today. And, and what we're going to see, we're going to see an incredible example of integrity. And we're going to see a couple examples that aren't so incredible, actually, but they're very believable as we, as we see a couple of guys not really come through with that. So, all right, so we're going to pick it up in Mark chapter 14 Verse 53. So here we go. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 53. So again, if you were with us last week, uh, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and Judas and the, and, the, and the mob from the Jewish officials showed up to arrest him. They grabbed him. They took him away. Uh, and so uh, in the midst of that, we, we, saw, we saw how he... In the midst of it, even, even as they were arresting him, he healed that person. He, he called Judas friend. He, he, he broke in to the anger and the testosterone of this incredibly anxious moment with, with, with kindness. And, but this week, as we look through it, we're going to pick it up. They've just grabbed him. They bring him into Jerusalem. And here we go, verse 53. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Now, again, this is in the middle of the night, guys. This is, uh, this is a, 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 you know, they, they pulled together, kind of tried to make it look official, but this is in the middle of the night. There's nothing official about this. Uh, verse 54 says, Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And there he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The Apostle John gives a few more details on this story. So, so Jesus gets arrested, gets grabbed, and they take him away, and all of his apostles flee. 
I mean, they, they just ran for their, for their lives. But it appears that Peter and probably John, uh, John seems to ha- have a bit of a relationship. His family had a relationship with the high priest family. They, you know, after they got away, then they turned or circled back around and followed the mob. It'd be easy to follow. And they followed Jesus. They, 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 they saw where they took him. And actually, John was able to get into the courtyard of the high priest. And Peter followed him. And so the two of them are there to try to be to, find, to see what's going to happen Jesus has been taken away well, why do you think Peter is thinking or feeling in the midst of this home of the high priest Jesus has been arrested they just had this angry mob he drew out a sword he, he cut a guy's ear but then Jesus healed it what do you think he's and it's in the middle of the night what do you think he's feeling right now he's there's there's confusion for sure because this isn't the way he thought it was going to go well, he, he, so he's kind of thinking, hey, I want to be close, but what the heck am I doing here? I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of an odd feeling. I mean, because you're definitely on, now again, they never would have thought this before, but they, they feel like they're in the midst of a, they're on enemy territory, as it were, even though it's the high priest house. I mean, it'd be like being at Bob Russell's driveway when you know he's after you and stuff. Yes, sir. Ivan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's feeling like, I mean, you know, he had, he had, well, but at this point, I mean, he, he was ready to fight for Jesus, and Jesus kind of stopped it. But, you know, he's got some mixed emotions going on, Tom. And he doesn't want to be found out. He's kind of undercover, you know. They're, you know, he's got, he's got his hood up, and he's kind of hanging out. and just but He wants to be there, but he don't want to be found out. And so, it, it, yeah, Paul? Well, well I, wonder if, I wonder if he's thought about that. But, you know, earlier in the evening, it's just a few hours before... You know, Jesus said, you're all going to leave me. And Peter said, no, now I, I will never leave you. I'll be right there with you. And Jesus says, oh, listen, Peter, I got to tell you, before this night's over, you're going to deny me three times. He goes, no, that will never happen. I will die for you. And in the garden, he was willing to do that. I wonder if he's even thought about it. He's going to think about it, Bill. He wants to do something because Peter's always wanting to do something. And so, John, let's go. What are we going to do? I don't know, but let's go. And let's be there and we'll be ready to. And so he's, he's on edge. He doesn't know what's going to happen back on the confusion. I mean, he wants something to happen, but he doesn't even know what it's going to be. And he's ready to do something. He's, well, he's acting fleshly. I mean, I mean he's, a, he's, a, he's a bundle of emotions and thoughts and fears and insecurities and excitement. And blah. all right, here we go. All right. Uh, by the way, is Jesus like that? No, he's not like that. So let's read on. Uh, verse 55, the chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they didn't find any. I mean, I mean, they're so desperately wanting to accuse him of something to have him killed, but they got to find, because they got to do it. The Romans are the ones who have the power of life and death. So they have to come up with some charge that they could take to the Romans to have him crucified. Uh, but but they, 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 they couldn't find any. Verse 56, many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. I mean, they, they had this set-up monkey trial going on, but they don't even do it very well. But again, I think this is all God and his sovereignty saying, you know, you, you, it's not going to work like that. Um, so here we are, verse 57. Then, then, uh, then some stood up and gave this false testimony against us. So they had another witness come in. And they had some people said, we heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple in three days and will build another not made by man. 
Yet even their testimony did not agree. So they had some people come in and say, hey, you know, we heard Jesus say that he would destroy this man-made temple. That would be the temple there in Jerusalem, which was this, you know, extravagant, incredible uh, building, which also was the, the, uh, the place where God resided on earth, a very holy place. They said, we heard him say that, that he would destroy it and rebuild it in three days, which seemed like to be a ridiculous. So did he actually say that? Yeah, no, not really. But they're, they're somewhat accurate. Again, like many false. In John chapter 2, we read this, where Jesus cleared the temple, and, you know, where he ran out the, the money changers and stuff and turned over the tables. And when they were talking to him about that, he said, listen, guys, they were threatening him. And he said, listen, you can tear down this temple. And he meant himself. And I will rebuild it in three days. Meaning, yeah, you, someday in the future, you'll kill me. And I'll be raised in three days. And so, I mean, they're sort of right, but they're completely wrong. But anyway, but they even messed that up, all right? Uh, Verse 60, then the high priest stood up before them and he asked Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. So so the high priest, they're getting frustrated. So they said to Jesus, aren't you going to respond to any of these false claims? Because they want him to say something or do something they can accuse him of. But he said nothing. Why did Jesus say nothing? Why did he not do anything? Why didn't he defend himself? Why didn't he point out the ridiculousness of this? Well, right, so, so Paul says, you know, hey, listen, Jesus isn't going to validate their, their false claims. He says, I, I, I don't have anything to do with all this silliness. I'm not going to get drawn into this. Okay. Anybody else? Why didn't he answer? It's a kangaroo court, and he's not a kangaroo, huh? So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna honor the the, legi- the legitimacy of this of this thing. Okay, Stuart, he's got to go to the cross. I mean, he, he he doesn't. Here's the crazy thing: is they're trying to kill him, and they're being kind of clumsy in doing it. But he's not going to stop it because this is this is what's going to happen. Yeah. They're not his judge. I don't have to answer this because, again, your, your judgment of me is not, boy, wouldn't it be nice to live that way? I'm sorry, but every one of you is my judge many days. And, and that, that's not coming out of strength, is it? But Jesus in his strength says, listen, I'm not worried about what you think or what you're trying to do. That's, that's, that doesn't, now he cares about each of us, but he's not determined by that. In the back. Oh, oh, I know you were going to say that, Paul. I didn't let you come to it because you've already, I know somebody else needs to say it. So what prophecy? You don't have to give me chapter and verse, but. Yeah, that's, you're exactly right. That's, that's in Isaiah. Paul, what is it? Isaiah two? No, yeah. All right. There you go. There you go. Oh yeah. Isaiah 53 verse seven. Yeah. Yeah. It, It says that. And talking about the, Isaiah talking about the, the Messiah says he'll, he'll be like a lamb led to slaughter. He'll, he'll have no voice. He's just fulfilling prophecy. Again, we think, oh man, this is terrible. Jesus goes, this is the way it's always been planned. So anyway, so, so they can't, they, they're, they're trying to get this. They, they, they won't get him. They can't talk him into it. So here we go. Uh, verse 61, but Jesus remained silent, gave no answer. Here it is. Again, the high priest asked him, and here it is, flat out, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? So he flat out said, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah, the son of God? That's what he said. He asked him this question face to face. Now, at this moment, 
Now, uh, Bruce and several, and Paul, you would say that he's not going to, he's not going to, uh, it's a kangaroo court, I'm not going to get involved. But when they ask this question, are you the Christ, are you the Son of God, what's he going to do? Well, let's see how he answers. He says, I am. He's just showing off at this point, Jesus is, because that I am, is that, that's, that's, that, that's a, basically a name of God. He says, oh yeah, I am, I am. I am the I am. He just throws it out there. Now that's, that's bold enough. Are you the Christ Messiah? That's me. It's on the back of my jersey. That's who I am, okay? But he, does, he doesn't even stop there. I tell you, if you want to emulate somebody, here, here, here's, here's Jesus right here. So he says, oh yeah, that's who I am. And then he says, oh, and by the way, you will see the Son of Man, that's meaning him, sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One coming on the clouds of heaven. Yeah, your kangaroo court I don't have much to do with, but if you're going to ask me if I'm the Messiah, oh yeah, that's who I am. As a matter of fact, you're going to see me coming on the clouds of heaven. I'm going to be sitting on the right hand of the Father. That's who I am. Now, I mean, I tell you, if you were trying to slip by and maybe get a hung jury, Jesus didn't work very good with this. He just flat out said, that's exactly who I am. Why was he so bold with this? And by the way, uh, that, that, that statement, the second statement is uh, it's straight out of the book of Daniel. Another Daniel talking about the Messiah. He just he quotes him exactly. This is, this is what the Messiah does, and this is who I am. Why would he be so bold in that moment? Right, let me tell you right now, it doesn't feel very self-serving, and he's going to lose something. It's going to cost him his life, and uh, yeah, he's not getting anything out of it. So wh- why, would, why would he respond so boldly? Yes, sir. Yeah. He, 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 in the garden, he had said, not my will, but your will be done. And he, and, and he, he knew this is how it's going to go. And so he just waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally, when the high priest says, are you the Messiah? He goes, absolutely. Thank you for finally getting around to what, what really matters here. Don't give me all your trumped up charges. Just ask me who I am and I'll tell you who I am. And that went from there. Gary. Jesus cannot lie. So if you ask him who he is, you ask him who he is. He's going to tell you. He's not going to say, well, Gary may not be able to handle this. Or, you know, if I say this, someone might be offended. Jesus ain't going to, he's not going to lie. He's going to, so he just had to wait for them to get done with all their shenanigans. To just ask him who he is. Yes, Jerry. Get on with it. All right. Come on. All right. It's because, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yes, sir. He's just speaking the truth in this moment. I, but, you know, that sounds so easy, Gary. It is. That's what they tell me. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. All right, uh, all right so, so let, let's move on. So he says, yeah, that's who I am. Uh, the high priest tore his clothes. That's, that wasn't because he had a scratch. I mean, that's what they do when they're angry. It's, it's, a, it's a very emotion-driven culture, and it allows you to show how upset you are. I can't believe he said that. Why do we need any more witnesses? Thank you very much. You didn't need any more witnesses. All right. He asked, you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? Now, again, if he said it's, bla- it's blasphemy only if what? It's not true. Jesus says, listen, if you want to kill me for being the Messiah, then you're going to have to kill me because that's who I am. All right. So, uh, and, uh, and they all condemned him as worthy of death. 
And then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him. They struck him with their fists, and they said, prophesy. And the guards took him, and they beat him. We, we overlook this sometimes. So Jesus, man, just says the truth. But in the midst of that, these religious leaders began to spit on him. They blindfolded him. They mocked him. They struck him. The soldiers beat him. And yet he was unwavering. He never lost his integrity. I mean, it's an incredible example of that. All right, let's keep reading, though, because the story is going to change a little bit. Verse 66, while Peter was below in the courtyard, feeling all of his feelings, all right, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him, and she said, you also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she says. So she looks at Peter, says, like, and maybe she was with the crowd, and she goes, or maybe she had seen him, because they've been, you know, in Jerusalem for the Holy Week, and she goes, you were with him. You, you, you were with that Jesus guy. And, and so, so, boy, in that moment, what's Peter feeling? Oh, I'm going to get found out. We were all the stuff we were talking about. I'm, you know. And so, so in that moment, in that mo- what's he going to do? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Gary says it's, you just tell the truth, right? No, that's not what Peter's going to do. Peter instead, Peter instead, he says, uh, but he denied it, and he says, I don't know or understand what you're talking about. All right, guys, what's that called? Define that for me. That's a lie. Okay, I mean, I mean, he says, I don't know or understand what you're talking about. He knows exactly what she's talking about. But in this moment, he's got a lot of fear. He, might, he may lose something. He's trying to protect himself. Oh, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so we got a contrast here. We, 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 got, we got Peter over here. It's going to be a little bit different than Jesus, all right? And, and so in this moment, right away, he just says, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Crazy. I'm just here around the fire. Uh, and then he went out into the entryway. <laughs> he's trying to lay low, trying to, you know, get out of the hot seat and stuff. And so he just flat out lies about Jesus, and then he tries to sneak away a little bit when the servant girl saw him there she said again not to those standing around so she said to other people hey this fellow is one of them and again he denied it no you're crazy and in a little while and after a little while those standing near said to Peter surely you are one of those because you're a Galilean because again they're from out in the boonies I mean Jesus and his guys from out in you know Bullet County are in the big city and they go we can tell you're one of them and look at what Peter does. I apologize to Bullock County. Uh, uh, he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Mm. So now he's to the point of saying, I don't even know who this man is. So here's what's crazy to me. Literally, a few hours or... You, before this, he pulled out his sword and he was ready to die for Jesus. But now he says, I don't even know who you're talking about. He called down curses on himself and Jesus. I don't even know. I don't even. Who is this guy you're talking about? I don't even know him. What? what? How do you make that jump from I'll die for you to, to I don't even know who this is, Earl? Okay. 
Yeah, so, so Earl says he's conflicted because in this moment, he's trying to save his skin because right now he feels like, man, if this doesn't go well, I might get a r- jumped just like Jesus. But he also, he's there because he wants to do something big and powerful. It's just, there's a battle within him. And can you relate to that, gentlemen? Uh, you know, not exactly to that, but you face that every day in some level, that battle within us. Okay, All right. uh, yes, Jerry. Oh, the fight or flight mechanism. He already tried uh, fight and flight. Yeah, and so and he just does it. And he's, and, but again, think about this. What's fueling him right now? Fear. I mean, uh, uncertainty. I mean, all the things we've talked about. He is just, he's just, he's running on emotions right now. And, man, that can get you to do some silly things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so Doug points out that, uh, that it's one thing to, in here to give the right answers around your table when the leader asks a question. It's another thing when, boom, things happen that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden it's right in the middle of it, and you, that, that fight or flight, all that sort of starts, starts kicking in, and we start just trying to save our skin or gain an advantage or whatever. Yes, sir. Yeah, you would think somewhere along the line, Peter would say, hey, I've seen. So why, why isn't he seeing this? Because he's fueled by fear and uncertainty. I mean, this all this stuff is just. Do you all make good decisions when you are. Just bouncing around filled with emotions under pressure. No, I mean, a lot of times we just don't like say that's, but anyway, we, we can go on and on, but let's, let's, let's we got to go on so we can finish this uh, because we, we want to, so, so here it is. I mean, he, he just, he says, I don't even know who you're talking about. Mm, verse 72, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. And then suddenly Peter realized what happened, right? Verse, uh, yeah, then Peter remembered the word Jesus spoke to him before the rooster crows twice, you'll disown me three times. And he broke down and he wept. And he goes, oh, my word, what have I done? So we've got these acts in a play. And Jesus has just been an example of absolute total integrity. (laughs) And the next scene is Peter having absolutely no integrity. And I got to tell you, I can relate to Peter. And I can say, you know what, man, he wanted to do the right thing. That's the reason he was there. But, but, he, but he was, oh, this, oh, gosh. And so he just all of a sudden does crazy stuff. And then he goes like, oh, my word, what have I done? And some of you have been right where he's at. And you've broken down and wept and thought, what was I thinking? And the reality is what? You weren't thinking very well. You weren't thinking very well. All right. But, but, but this is, we got to keep going because we've got another act here. So, so the... We'll go to chapter 15 here, and then we'll cruise through the first 15 verses, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, very early in the morning, the chief priests and elders and the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. And the decision was, okay, he said he's the Messiah. He says he's the Son of God. That's blasphemy. We can, we can have him crucified. The problem is the Romans don't care about that, but we'll see what they do. So uh, they bound Jesus. They led him away, and they handed him over to Pilate. And so Pilate says to him, are you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate. 
So here, here's another question. Now, this, this one, I mean, king of the Jews, that's, I mean, with the Messiah, I mean, that's who he is. But he says here, are you the king of the Jews? And, and Jesus says, yes it, is, yes, it is, as you say. Yeah, I'm the king of the Jews. Now, I mean, was he the king of the Jews? I mean, I mean, if you were wanting to nitpick, I mean, they don't even have a king. Roman's in charge. So why would he admit to that one? Yeah, I'm the king of the Jews, I'm the king of the Gentiles, I'm the king of your toenails, I'm, I'm the king, all right? And, and he's saying that to Pilate, who thought that he worked for the king, Caesar, and Jesus saying, yeah, now, let me just, let me give you an idea here. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the king. So, and again, a little bit of what Jerry said earlier, let's get on with it. Uh, the chief priest, uh, I'm in verse 3, the chief priest accused him of many things. <laughs> They're trying to bring up charges again. And so again, Pilate asked them, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they're accusing him. So again, they're accusing Jesus, and it looks to Jesus. Aren't you going to defend yourself? And Jesus says, no. I, I'm not going to play this game with them. I mean, again, all you got to do is, all you got to do is ask me, and I'll tell you who I am. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed by that. I mean, why aren't you acting out of self-serving fear, desire, anger, protecting yourself, trying to gain... Jesus ain't doing any of that stuff. And an amazed Pilate, all right? Uh, let's, let's, let's go on here. Uh, uh, verse 6, Now it was the custom at the feast, that's a Passover feast, to release a prisoner whom the people requested. Uh, a man called Barabbas was in prison with insurrection. This is a guy who just, yeah, he's a zealot. He's a, a, who had committed murder in the uprising. I mean, he was just a bad dude. Uh, the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what they usually did. Hey, are you going to release somebody? This uh, maybe even a little bit of a different crowd. And so Pilate says, again, this all happened over a period of time. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. Pilate knew that Jesus hadn't done anything worth crucifying, but he also knew that they, they didn't like Jesus because Jesus was popular and they weren't, blah, blah, blah. And so he said, Hey, maybe there's an opportunity. He said, so you want me to release Jesus, this king of the Jews? But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. So they said, no, give us this thug instead. And then verse 12, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. So Pilate says, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. Because again, he's not done anything that the Romans care about. They don't care if he says he's the Messiah or or Elvis Presley. I mean, he doesn't care. I mean, it doesn't matter to the Romans. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him, crucify him. Listen to this, verse 15. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Brabus to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Hmm. So let's add Pilate over here. Let's add Pilate to Peter. Because that, that statement... Wanting to satisfy the crowd, wanting to appease the crowd. He was wanting to gain something from this. He was wanting to protect himself because, again, Roman, uh, Roman political officials, their job was to keep the peace at all cost. And so he said, you know what? If that's what you all really want, and again, some of the other gospels have more details. He says, I washed the hands of this, blah, blah, blah. But again, he wasn't a man of integrity either. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified.
So we have this story. We have Jesus having perfect honesty, integrity, Peter and Pilate struggling and is failing. And, 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 and again, I think, I think it's just so easy to, to realize, to sense what was going on for them. So here's what, here's what I want us to get to, Jerry. What's the difference between Jesus and Peter and Pilate? Well, what, in the moment, because they're all facing these challenging times, how is Jesus, and again, he's God, so that really helps. But how is Jesus able to have perfect integrity where these guys didn't? Let's just talk, just real quickly, think of a few, a few things. Yes, sir. All right, the Holy Spirit, I mean, I mean, you know, and, and we'll see this in Peter later on. He won't be perfect in this, but we'll see Peter have great integrity along the way as we read through the Bible. But in this moment, he's, he's not living out of God's, God's guidance here. Okay, Paul. Okay, so, so Jesus, and some, one of y'all brought it up, in the garden set his mind to, not my will, but yours be done, and we'll play this out. Peter, in this moment, doesn't have that clear of thinking. Okay, uh, uh, Tom. Identity. Oh, yeah, Jesus knows exactly who he is. And right now, Peter is actually trying to be somebody else and change his identity and do this. And Pilate's just trying to save his neck, keep his job. Uh, what's that? Pilate has an identity to protect too. I got this job. I don't want to lose it. So what if it, what does it matter if I have to do something on the side that's probably not all that legit? The, yeah, I, I won't give that line away. Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but why was he calm and at peace? Because he knew where he's going. He, know, he knows what's happening here. Okay. All right, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so Pilate particularly, but Peter also, all he's worrying about is right now saving his skin. He doesn't have a bigger picture than this moment. And guys, when we're just trying to get through the moment, we'll do some stupid things and some dishonest and unfair things just to try to get through. Uh, Jesus has a perspective way beyond this moment. Okay, uh, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. So Pilate is more interested in doing, well, let me just say this. We'll get to it later. The end justifies the means. My job is to keep the peace. If we have to lose a guy to do that, that's the big deal. Okay. uh, Yes, sir. Herb. Yeah, it's really, really, really hard to stand up against what appears to be a consensus. Jesus doesn't have a problem with it at all, but Peter and Pilate really, really struggle not just to fit in. Okay, so we, we could, yeah, yeah, Richard. Yeah, yeah. So back to Gary's point, all I'm, all I'm going to do, just ask me, just ask me questions. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to, because you know what? I, the truth will set you free to be crucified but he's free indeed because right now Peter and Pilate are not free. They, they are captive to the approval and fear and anxiety 
of all these things, and Jesus isn't captive to any of those things. So guys, in that moment when you are being held captive by your fear, anxiety, and all this sort of stuff, you have to say, you know what, am I going to stay captive, or am I going to set myself free by being real, honest, and dependable, and true, no matter what? You know what, most of us don't do that in the heat of the moment. And so I want to say to you, you know, one of the differences is Jesus in the garden had committed himself to the Father, and Peter had taken a nap. And guys, many of us are taking a nap, and when we wake up, all of a sudden we're trying to deal with stuff. Jesus was centered on that. Let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Um, you know, the Apostle Peter, 30 years later, wrote something to a bunch of Christians. I'm going to just re- read this to you, because you think, because in this moment, man... It would be really easy for Peter to say, man, how could he not have felt like he just totally blew this? Because, you know, Jesus sees him, Jesus gets crucified, uh, and then wonderful story how Jesus reinstates him when they're fishing around the Sea of Galilee, and Peter will become the leader of the early church. But but listen to what Peter wrote uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3. This is about 30 years later. He wrote this to a bunch of Christians, okay? Uh, verse first Peter chapter three, beginning in verse 13, he says, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? <laughs> I wish he had thought about that back then 30 years before he's thinking like, well, you know what, what's what's it going to matter if what they do, if I do the right thing, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. I don't you think maybe as he wrote that, he goes like, oh, gosh, I wish I'd remembered that 30 years ago. Do not fear. Do not be frightened by the things that frighten the rest of the world. He says, but in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. He hadn't done that. In that evening, in that moment, in that moment of challenge, Peter set himself apart as Lord. I'm protecting myself. Uh, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. <laughs> he wasn't prepared to give an answer. He hadn't thought through it very well. And that little, when that, he's, he's ready to fight the Jesus to the death, but when a teenage servant girl asks him, says who you are, he's, he crumbled. All right? um, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience That's integrity, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I have to say that this is maybe the lowest moment of Peter's life, but when Jesus restored him, Jesus tends to take the junk in our life and say, hey, listen, if you're willing, you can learn great lessons from that, and you're still my man. And Peter accepted that. And so I got to say, we can look at Peter and say, good grief, how would he do that? But I can also look at Peter and say, but he didn't allow that to be his identity going forward. Speaking the leader of the church. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so again, here, here in a few weeks, the, the Pentecost will come and the Holy Spirit will fill Peter and Peter will, not perfectly, but bravely, he will lead the church for the next 30 years and change the world. And that's one of the things I love about Peter. Pilate, not so much. 
Peter allowed this moment to actually draw him closer to God in his failings, we have no history of Pilate ever even thinking beyond this. Let's do this. It's eight o'clock. Let me, uh, let me here, I'm going to have, uh, I got five statements, five statements about integrity coming up. Let me just give you a hint here. Three are from the Bible, two aren't. Okay. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Man, that duplicity, that's being, trying to be two things at once. The next one's if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. Here's the next one. The end justifies the means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to do the right thing in front of everybody. So here's my question. There's five statements. Be honest with yourself. Which are those statements are closer to you? Because I got to tell you, within Christianity, if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying, gets done a lot. Exaggeration, lack of communication, uh, acting the way that you really aren't, living a duplicitous life, and the end justifies the means. Us Christians buy into that all the time. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. That's just not who we're called to be. That is not the fruit of the Spirit. But I just want you to ask yourself, which of those best describes you on September the 16th, 2023? And I don't do that to shame you. I do that to wake you up. Because guys, I just, I just, for me personally and for many of us in this room, we need to be men who our yes is our yes and our no is our no. We need to be men who, when we say something, we're actually going to do it. We need to be men who are trustworthy and kind, not just because we're trying harder, even though it's valuable, but because the God of the universe says, I will come out of you if you will sit with me. I will come out of you if you identify with me. I will come out of you if you quit acting on emotion and do what, what and think through, this is who, this is who I am. This is who I am. Let's close your prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the challenge of being like Jesus. But I also thank you that even when we're like Peter, you will take us, you will restore us, and you will move forward. And Lord, I I pray that for the men in this room, and it's every one of us who have moments of a lack of integrity, that instead we will push towards you, we will pursue you, we will receive all that you have for us. Lord, all these things are praying in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our perfect example. We pray in his name. Amen.